You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. One guy we're all fans of, our next guest. Giving out his plays. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Props. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him. Turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's got a touchdown. Parlays for today. Parlay. That's the one. Parlay. Parlay. It's PJ Glasser. He's our guy, co-host of Inside the Betting Lines every Sunday from 1 to 5 in the East, live from MGM National Harbor, and catch him weekdays at 1 o'clock in the East as host of BetQL's Send It In. PJ, good morning to you, and we had to get to your picks because you got a host of picks in the NFL, in college football as well, and we start with a very intriguing matchup in Charm City, Bengals and Ravens. What's going on? Guys, good morning. I, I love the card in the NFL this week. I really do. And I love the Bengals at plus three and a half. As a Ravens fan, I'm telling you guys they're going to lose this game. So take the Bengals plus three and a half. The Ravens do not like making things easy on themselves. They should be 10 and 0. They're 7 and 3. They're going to be 7 and 4, too. I know they're coming off a loss, but so are the Bengals. They're coming off a home loss. And I do not want to get Joe Burrow and the Bengals off of a home loss. This is too many points. The AFC North as we know, is the best division in football. We just saw the Browns beat the Ravens outright. So many of these underdogs this year have won as outrights. This is too many points. You're getting the hook with Cincinnati. I think they win the game outright. I I really like the Bengals plus three and a half. I wish I had the numbers on underdogs and AFC North matchups because, you know, just across the board – It feels like underdogs are usually a solid play when it comes to these matchups, especially when you're talking over a field goal in some of these games that have really low totals. So let's look at the other AFC North matchup. We've got the Steelers and the Browns. And again, we know the numbers. Mike Tomlin as an underdog, maybe not as strong as when he is a home dog here, but are you taking a look at the Steelers or do you think this offense has its limitations? Same handicap, Chelsea. AFC North underdog over field goal. We're taking the Steelers plus four. They're going to get outgained in this game once again. They're going to find a way to hang around, and they're going to keep it close. Plus, the Browns are still dealing with a ton of injuries. I was so impressed with the way their offense was able to move the ball against the Ravens with so many of their starting offensive linemen out. They really controlled that game in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I think they'll be able to do the same thing against the Steelers, but... Again, I just feel like Deshaun Watson's going to have some key turnovers, and 
the Steelers have been outgained in all nine games this year and are six and three. Like it just does not make any sense how they keep finding a way to do this. The game is is priced like a team that has been outgained in all nine games, but. You know, the Steelers obviously throughout throughout the years have really had the Browns number. They did beat the Browns earlier this year on Monday Night Football when their defense got them two touchdowns. So the Browns did control that game, but the Steelers are healthier than the Browns are. I think Cleveland probably wins the game, but I think they win it by a field goal. I like Pittsburgh plus four. We're talking with P.J. Glasser, the host of MQL. Send it in every weekday at 1 o'clock in the East. Got to check out his program. Very, very well done. P.J., Giants commanders this weekend. Now, this line has fluctuated. Open commanders minus 10, then went down to commanders minus nine and a half. Now back up to 10. But Washington has not beaten anyone by 10 points this season. Are you rolling with the commandos here? Heck no, Jenks. Like you said, this is way too big of a number. Me and you both know in this city, uh-huh. right? The commanders laying that many points. I don't care if Tommy DeVito, Danny DeVito, I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Giants. That is way too many points at plus 10. I, I like New York to keep it close here. They're 7-2-1 in their last 10 games against Washington. They always play them tough. Think about what Washington has done this season as big favorites, right? They lost to the Bears outright on Thursday night. They were down 28-3 in that game. They were six-and-a-half-point favorites against Arizona week one. Needed a fourth-quarter comeback in that game. Giants are going to find a way to keep this close. They know there aren't many games this year they're going to be able to win. They feel like this might be one of them. Give me the Giants plus 10. God, Danny DeVito is quarterback. That is something that I would love to see in the NFL, just for entertainment purposes. And at this point for the Giants, I don't know how much worse things can actually get. So we will see. All right, next up, we've got Cardinals-Texans. This is an interesting one because every week I always try to look at the board and say, okay, this team, maybe you need to sell high on them. This team, maybe you need to buy low. So just from that theory, you say, okay, nobody's in on the Cardinals. They're getting four. The Texans are high atop the mountain. But still, I cannot get past wanting to back C.J. Stroud. Which side are you on when it comes to Cardinals-Texans, or do you like a total? Chelsea, this is one of my favorite bets of the year so far in the NFL. I love the Arizona Cardinals plus four. I love them. I love them this week. I want people to keep hyping up C.J. Stroud for MVP. I hope every show on planet Earth talks about it the entire week. You guys remember what happens when when we were talking about Brock Purdy for MVP after his big win against Dallas? I remember him going on the road to Cleveland the following week and losing as a 10-point favorite. This is what happens in the NFL, right? It's a week-to-week league. The Texans are coming off a big emotional win against Cincinnati. Stroud is getting all this MVP love. The Texans are getting all this love that maybe they'll make the playoffs. Well, Arizona's 2-8, and eight, but they're finally healthy. Kyler Murray's back. James Conner's back. They had a nice win against Atlanta. This line is suspiciously low. The public is going to fall in love with Houston this week as small four-point home favorites. I, I, I told you guys I like the Texans outright last week against the Bengals. I said stay away from the Bengals and Survivor. I'm telling you this week to stay away from the Texans and Survivor because they're coming off a big win. This line is low. I think Arizona wins it outright. I love Zona this week, plus four, my favorite bet of the week, one of my favorite bets of the year. Ooh, Wow. I was one of those suckers on the Texans earlier, so I'm going to have to re-examine that game. Let's move to the college ranks now. 
Maryland hosting the juggernaut that is Michigan, but is this too many points? This is Jenks. I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger sandwich spot in my entire life than what Michigan has this week against the Terps. They played absolutely nobody for the first nine weeks. Then you get up for Penn State, and then next week they have Ohio State. And sandwiched right in the middle of Penn State and Ohio State is a trip to College Park to face Maryland. Last year, the week before Ohio State, Michigan was 17.5-point favorites at home to Illinois. They only won that game by two points. Last year, Ohio State played Maryland the week before Michigan. They only won that game by three points. Sandwich spots, look-ahead spots, they are real, especially both Michigan and Ohio State are 10 and 0. Both of them are 1 and 2, 1 and 3 top teams in the country, right? That's the game they've been waiting for all season. Michigan knows they can just show up and beat Maryland. Lined open at 21, quickly went down to 19 and a half. I think the Terps can keep it within the number, guys. It's all about the sandwich spot and the look ahead in this game. Let's go to the SEC next, where we have a double-digit spread between Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia's offense has been chugging along, posting, I think, over 40 points per game. But again, a double-digit spread in an SEC matchup. What's the side or what's the total you like here? Guys, we talked about Georgia Ole Miss last week, and I said when you're handicapping Georgia moving forward, just look at how people are perceiving them heading in to their matchup. When people think Georgia is on upset alert like they did last week with Ole Miss, like they did with Florida, like they did with Kentucky, that's when Georgia rolls, and they did that last week. When people think Georgia's going to roll like we thought against Auburn, like we thought against South Carolina, like we thought against Missouri, that's when they tend to struggle. With how Georgia looked last week, Brock Bowers being back, with how Tennessee looked last week against Missouri, I think people think Georgia's going to roll in this game. Tennessee's one of those college teams, though. They are so different at home in Neyland Stadium than they are on the road. And I like the way that they lost that game against Missouri. They were dominated in the trenches. And that's what this year's Tennessee team prides themselves on. They're the number three rushing team in college football. You know, you think about Tennessee and how they played last year. You think about them throwing all these deep passes and air raid. That's not who they are. They're a running team this year. Their defense is pretty good. Now heading into Georgia week with the way that they lost that game against Missouri, I think bodes really well for Tennessee. And guys, like in theory, this game really doesn't matter for Georgia. They've already locked up the SEC East. They're going to beat Georgia Tech next week. If you lose this game to Tennessee and you still beat Bama in the SEC title game, you're going to be in the playoffs. So obviously they're not thinking that way. Kirby Smart's not thinking that way. They want to win this game. But this game is everything to Tennessee. They want to beat Georgia. This is their Super Bowl. And Georgia, you know, it's one of those games you'd love to win. But if not, as long as you beat Bama, you're still going to the playoff. PJ, we've got... Two and a half minutes here. So plenty of time to talk about this game. Oregon State hosting Washington. And Oregon State has moved from a one-point favorite to a two-point favorite. Are the Beavers mm-hmm. really the right side here? Jenks, they are. Guys, this, is, this was mm-hmm. always the game. This was always yep. the game that Washington was going to go down. I know that spread against USC when they were only three-point favorites was a little bit fishy. We know Utah is the back-to-back Pac-12 champions. That was the, the game you have to get over. If you want to become the champs, you got to go through them. That game was tricky, but this was always the game. Corvallis is a tough, tough place to play, especially at night. 
Washington's defense as of late has been extremely suspect. They've been a little bit leaky. They've been giving up a ton of points. The way Oregon State is going to be able to control this game at the line of scrimmage, they have very good running backs. They're a very well-coached team, and their defense plays much better at home than they do on the road. So there's a reason why Washington is undefeated, why they're the higher-ranked team. Oregon State has two losses, and they're favored, and the line keeps going in the direction of Oregon State, even though the money is pouring in on Washington. I love the Beavers. And guys, the Beavers control their own destiny for a Pac-12 title. Washington this week, Oregon next week in the Civil War. So even though they have two losses, outside shot for the college football playoff, you beat Washington, you beat Oregon, and then you beat Washington again in the Pac-12 title game. Maybe some chaos ensues. Who knows what happens? It's going to be a great game, game of the week in college football, but I like the Beavers at home. It would be a hell of a run for Oregon State, but it's right there in front of them. He is the co-host of Inside the Betting Lines every Sunday from 1 to 5 in the East. Also host of Send It In every weekday from 1 o'clock in the East as well. PJ, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I love hearing that. I don't know if I have the guts to bet it, but I think he's right. That's going to be a perfect sharp versus squares game where everyone's just going to jump all over the Huskies. Oh, my God, you're getting points with Oregon or points with Washington, I could say. You get you think the Huskies on the road. Why don't you take that bet? And then Oregon State sitting right there controlling its own destiny. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.